Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc SOAP and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. All right. Good morning. Good morning, Fusion Church, 6 a.m. SOAP. How are you feeling? We're off the Daniel fast. I believe that so many of us just were receiving new words, new revelations from the Lord, some clarity from God as we were we were in the fast. And 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 I pray that um, you guys won't stop. I pray that you guys just keep digging in, keep relying on Him. Um, you know, continue fasting. You know, throughout the year, don't let. Please don't um, don't just fast once a year when fusion church does the 21 day daniel fast come on like we need to be doing it all throughout the year because god wants to continue revealing things to us especially as we're as we've begun this miracles in motion spiritual growth journey that we're, we're entering into come on god wants to continue to reveal things amen so um as so 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 throughout the month of february um, as we're going through the soap, you know, you're going to see if you look at your soap card, um, if you got one on Sunday, it's broken up, you know, and so we're really focusing on miracles in the Bible, miracles that have taken place, right? Because just because it happened in the Bible doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't mean that miracles, but just because miracles happen in the Bible doesn't mean that miracles still don't happen today. And I see people on this call right now. I'm seeing the names um, and the faces, and I know the miracles that have taken place in some of your lives. So come on, we're going to press in today. We're on Exodus 17, and um, God, want, God has a word for somebody. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for this this new season that we're entering into as a church, Lord God, this this new uh, dimension of understanding of who you are, Lord God, and this new dimension of just relying on you for everything, for absolutely everything, Lord. So I pray that you will be with us during this time. I pray that it'll be you speaking, you revealing, you opening up the minds and hearts of my brothers and sisters this morning on this Zoom and, and later on on the podcast on YouTube, Father. Lord, we love you and we just thank you. For your word in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. All right, Exodus seventeen, and we are reading from the New King James Version. Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people contended with Moses and said, "Give us water that we may drink." So Moses said to them, "Why do you contend with me?" Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. 
And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with, with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because of the contention of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Verse 8, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose uh, some men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top, the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses became, built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Amen. Amen. All right. So here we know the children of Israel. They've left Egypt and they're, 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 they're entering into the wilderness. And it says there was no water for the people to drink. Now, in Exodus 16, the Lord had sent bread from heaven for the Israelites. You know, manna, you know, manna means what is it? They didn't know what it was, but it was it was sent to them by the Lord. And Israel did exactly what God commanded. They had followed a pillar of cloud. They had followed the, the, the pillar of fire. But now there was no water to drink. Okay, God had been doing things for them, but there was still no water to drink. They were, they were, they were within the will of God, but they're they're still having a difficult time, right? And it's possible to be completely in the will of God, yet also in a season of great problems. Listen, brothers and sisters, us as a church, we are really completely within the will of God. God is doing amazing things within our church, right? The miracles that we're reading about, we're hearing about, people are testifying about what God is doing in their life. What's happening here in Cumberland County, come on. It is amazing what is happening, the way he is opening up doors, right? This new level of, of growth that's happening within our location of Fusion Church, right? But that does not mean that life is just peaches and roses, that does not mean that things are perfect. That does not mean that when I woke up this morning, I didn't have some aches in my back and my knees, you know, and life is not perfect. So we can be completely within the will of God, but still have troubling times. And this is where the children of Israel found themselves, right? God had rescued them from 400 plus years of bondage. Why would God take them out of that bondage? lead them to where they were at just for them to die of, of thirst. He would have done that. But with their human fleshly eyes, they were seeing things for, for, for how they saw them, not how they actually were. And it says in verse two, they contended 
with Moses, they they the Israel they they had a real problem. Okay, there was no water to drink, and, and this wasn't an imaginary problem. And and they were they were right to be concerned. You can be concerned with your problems. You can be concerned with what's going around. Yet when the people when they when they contended with Moses. They did not respond with spiritual thinking. They did not respond with, with, with spiritual actions. So he says, Moses, why do you tempt the Lord? The people, they, 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 float, they focus their, their complaint against Moses, but, but Moses understood that their problem was with the Lord. Moses was just the, the, the figure piece of God. So they came against, you know, so, so they, were, they were complaining to Moses, but he understood you're actually complaining to God. You know, and, and when we have a problem, it's much easier to to blame someone than to think through it carefully, to 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 think through it spiritually. Right away, we want to point fingers, you know, instead of taking a step back. My God, what is going on? What is really going on, on here? And in this situation, Israel could have thought we're in a desert, right? It's not surprising, you know. It's not outside the realm of possibility that there's not enough water. But it's you know, and and we and, and we need to really rely on God for for provision. But instead, they blame Moses and did nothing to help the problem. So Moses he cried out to the Lord in verse four. The lack of water wasn't Moses' fault, right? Yet, as the leader of Israel, he had to lead them to an answer, and and crying out to the Lord was the right way to lead them. To the solution. Moses knew that the people were being unfair to them, but he still had had to lead while under the pressure of unfair attack. And he did the right thing in, in turning to God in prayer. And, and one of Moses' most characteristic and, and praiseworthy traits that we read about him was that he took his difficulties to the Lord. Listen, as leaders within the church, we don't have all the answers, okay? I can tell you, I feel like I can speak for the elders on this call. You know, they don't have all the answers, right? There are things that have happened, you know, that the, the, the we won't really know about behind the scenes because our elders, they spend so much time in prayer and intercession and seeking guidance from the Lord on what to do. They don't have all the answers. But when there's a problem, they look to Pastor Brendan. When there's, a, when, there's a, when there's a problem that the people of the church look to the pastor, they look to the elders, give us the answer, you know, and what do, what are they doing? They're praying. They're seeking God's favor. They're seeking answers from the Lord, right? Not wanting to make a decision, wanting to do the right thing. Go to God first, okay? But us as leaders within a church, fingers are always pointing at us. Elders, can I get it? Amen. Fingers are always like, hey, what are you guys doing? What's happening here? It's like, we're, we're doing the same thing you're doing. We're relying on God. We're waiting on God, on the Lord. We're saying, God, give us, the, what do you want us to do? What would you have us do? You know, Moses, he could have struck back at the people. You know, he would make it, Moses could have been like, listen, I, I ain't God. What you do, you know, why are you coming to me for? But no, instead of doing that, he went to the Lord and he prayed and he said, God, give me an answer. 
So God said in verse five, take in your hand, your rod with which you struck the river, the river, um, the, 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 the Red Sea, when they were leaving Egypt, that same, that same rod, um, take that with you. He, he, he directed Moses to, to get out from the people, to bring the leaders with you. He said, take, take with you some of the elders of Israel and to use what God had used before. This gave confidence to Moses because he saw God use that same rod to do great miracles before. That same rod that split the sea. That same rod that turned into a snake that ate the snakes of the priests in Egypt, the, 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 the evil priests. Moses couldn't pick up that rod without remembering the power of God. And the, this confidence he received by picking up the rod was, was the confidence in God, not in himself. Listen, our faith will be tested. But all we have to do, brothers and sisters, is look around and the other miracles in your life. Look around to the other things in your life. I can confess from my own life when I when those times that I doubt the Lord, those times when I question, you know, what God is doing in my life, in my family's life, all I have to do is take a step back and look around me. Look at the home that I'm living in. Look at the the the, the that baby girl who's sleeping upstairs. You know, but not for long. She's about to get up, guys, and she's going to terrorize my house. I can look at the miracles in my life and be like, God, look what you, I can trust you because I see what you've done. Look around you, brothers and sisters. See what the Lord has done. See what he's done and won't he do it again? Amen. Verse six. God says, behold, I will stand before you there. One of the one of the great themes of this journey from Egypt to Canaan was, was that God was with them. He was with them each step of the way. And here again, he would show his presence to Moses and, and to Israel. Moses was commanded in the presence of the Lord to strike the rock with his rod and water would gush forth to satisfy the thirst of the people. And this was a remarkable, remarkable miracle, you know, because Moses and everyone else, they knew that, um, I don't know if you know this, guys, but water doesn't normally flow from a rock. Ro water flows through a rock, you know, but a rock isn't normally the source of water, right? That's a remarkable miracle. This was a, a generous miracle because, you know, Divine patience appears. God, God uttered no word of reproach. You know, God didn't, you know, damn the people. You know, he just performed a miracle in spite of their impatience, in spite of their unbelief. He provided water from the rock. And this was a meaningful miracle. In striking the rock, Moses acted out the drama that perhaps he didn't fully understand. And in, in, in 1 Corinthians 10:4, Paul wrote of Israel and the Exodus. And he wrote, they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now, we don't know if that rock followed them, right? But we do know that when Jesus was struck, when he was on the cross, and when he was pierced through his side, that water flowed, that living water flowed for all of us to receive. Amen. So verse seven says, he called the name of the place, Mansa and Meribah. Moses did what God told him to do and water came from the rock. And this is a great miracle of provision. 
and a rebuke to unbelieving and rebellious Israel. And God remembered the way Israel tested him at Massa and Meribah in Deuteronomy 6.16. He said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him at Massa. Deuteronomy 9.12, at Massa you were provoked. You provoked the Lord to wrath. Deuteronomy 33.8, you, your holy one whom you tested at Massa and with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah. God does not forget. Okay, God does not forget. And that's not to say that he he punished them later on for it, but he was like, remember what you guys did. You questioned me. You doubted me. And look what I what I did for you. You know, and they tempted the Lord saying, or uh, is this is the Lord among us or not? God dramatically said, I will stand before you on the rock at Horeb in verse six. And he was saying he was and would be present with Israel, yet they still wondered, they still wondered, is the Lord among us or not? Israel witnessed the miracles in Egypt. They witnessed everything that God had done. And they still said, is God with us or not? How many of us have witnessed the miracles of God in our life? And we still question him. And we still say, we still say, is God with me or not? That's like that's, that's almost like a slap in the face to God, as if we could slap him in the face. You know, it's like he's doing it. And God's like, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm guiding you. I'm walking you through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm with you. And we still say, God, are you there? God, are you real? You know? We don't see it. Why? Because we are not looking at him through our spiritual lenses. That's why things like fasting and praying is so important so that we can truly see God and see what he's doing in our lives. You know, otherwise we're just, we're, we're just walking around blind. We need to see him the, the, the way he wants us to see him. And so, um, and so the, the, this attitude among the Israelites was their great sin. That was the sin, was questioning God's presence. Because again, you're in the middle of the desert, there's no water. You can be concerned. You could be a little, a little frightened, right? Listen, I've been in the desert. I've been to the Middle East multiple times, you know, and I've been in areas where, where you're in the middle of nowhere and water is scarce when you're on, on different missions, right? It's very concerning when it's it's 120 degrees outside and you ain't got no water, okay? That's not the sin to be concerned, but to question God, are you here? Are you among us or not? You know, that is the sin. And in this difficulty, the children of Israel, they, they, they doubted the loving presence. They doubted the care of God. And later, when Israel um, remembered God's provisions in the wilderness, um, they have a, they have the, the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, and there's a specific ceremony within that feast where they recall the miracle of water from the rock. So at the time, they doubted, they questioned. Now, you know, later on, they 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 memorialized what God had done for them, and then and in this, this exact context, Jesus said in John seventeen, beginning with verse thirty seven, "If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow 
rivers of living water. The living water Jesus spoke of was the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's no less of a miracle for God to bring the love and power of the Holy Spirit out of our hearts than it is to bring water out of a rock. Our hearts can be just as hard. Our hearts can be just as hard as a rock. And we need to allow the Lord to touch our hearts, to soften it so that as, as, the, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're filled with the love of God, then we can put forth the love of God to people around us. Amen? So that was one miracle within this chapter. Water from a rock. Now, beginning with verse 8, we're going to go to another miracle. It says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. This was an unprovoked attack by the Amalekites against Israel. And in response, um, God, uh, Moses called Joshua to lead the armies of Israel into battle and to defend them against the attack. And the method of attack that um, um, that was used by Amalek was 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 a horrible method. In Deuteronomy 25, uh, beginning of verse 17, he says, Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt, how he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks, all the stragglers at your rear, when you were tired and weary, and he did not fear God. The Amalekites were a bad people. Okay, you know, and they attacked Israel when they were at their weakest. They attacked, they attacked the people who were, you know, at the end of the giant caravan of people, right? The millions of people, and and they just picked them off. And he says in verse nine, "Go out, fight with Amalek." And this was this was a, a significant um, first experience of warfare um, for ancient Israel. They had because they had lived for years, hundreds of years as slaves. And, and God had fought the Egyptians for them. Now they had to learn to rely on God as they fought in, the, in, in their first military battle. Verse 10 says, so Joshua did as Moses said to him. This is the first passage in the Bible um, that mentions Joshua. We find him doing what he, what, what he did until the time Moses passed from the scene. He, Joshua served the Lord and he served Moses faithfully. And it's good to remember that the name Jesus, Jesus is simply the Greek way of pronouncing the name Joshua. It's the same name. And we can get into all and into all the, 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 the depth of what this, you know, you know, Jesus as the savior, right? But in ancient times, Joshua was the savior of Israel as he'd led them. So it was, it was, I could speak all day on that. We're not going to do all that. But it says, Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. They So they, they did this so they could see what was going on. They could be seen by the children of Israel and so that they could pray for the battle. Now, we know Aaron was, was Moses' brother. Um, and her, uh, it's believed he was Moses' brother-in-law. Um, it's believed he, uh, uh, Jewish tradition tells us that her was the husband of Miriam, Moses' sister. Um, just a little bit of context on, on, on who these guys were. Verse 11 says, so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. Moses separated, uh, excuse me, supported the, the battle behind the scenes, busy in prayer. And the fate of Israel in this battle depended on Moses' intercession. Because when he prayed, Israel prevailed. And when he stopped praying, the word says that Amalek prevailed. And then he held up his hand. This 
by holding up his hand, this phrase describes um, the Israelite posture of prayer. Even as some of us bow our heads or or we fold our hands, you know, Moses prayed with his arms outstretched. And Moses had to pray. He had to keep praying. And this, this amazing passage shows us that life or death for Israel depended on the prayers of one man. Moses prayed as, <clears throat> as we should. Moses prayed with passion, believing that life and death, perhaps even eternally, depended on prayer for the children of Israel. And it can be difficult to, to reconcile this with, with knowing that God has a preordained plan, but God didn't want Moses to concern himself with, with the outcome. He just wanted Moses to pray. Just because we can't figure out how our prayers mesh with God's preordained plan never means we should stop believing that prayer matters. Prayer matters so much. That's why during this Daniel fast, you know, um, I, I can only speak for myself. You know, yes, we fasted in my home and, and we refrained from a lot of things, but the sole focus wasn't just on the fasting. This, this year, we decided to focus on the prayer put more focus on the prayer, you know, and I learned for myself, again, I can only speak for Pastor Jason, that myself, that, that how, how, how much prayer sustained me during the fast, how much prayer just, just, you know, uh, opened up my eyes to new things, you know, how prayer helped build my faith in so many aspects of my life. And here we're seeing that prayer was so important for this battle. And in, his, in Moses' early days, you know, he thought that the only way to win was to fight. You know, before he fl he fled Egypt, he killed a guy. He fought, you know. But now Moses let Joshua do the fighting while he did the more the more important work of praying. And it says his his hands became heavy, and the job of supporting the battle in prayer was difficult. And Moses couldn't easily continue. It was all day. You can imagine for hours on end, keep holding your hands up. It's horrible, right? So he needed to have some support, you know. But and, and and so you you may have we may look at this and they think the the battle was the hard work, but no, but the prayer was the hard work, because Moses was in warfare just as much as his men were in the field. Sometimes prayer is sweet and easy, and sometimes prayer is hard work. And so they supported his hands, and, and Aaron and her came alongside Moses, and they, they literally held up his hands in prayer. They helped him and partnered with him in intercession. And their help was successful. His hands were, it says his hands were steady until the going down of the sun of the sun. And so this so though this was Moses' work to do it, it was it was more than he could do by himself. Moses alone could not win the battle of prayer. He needed others to come, you know, alongside of him and strengthen him in prayer. This is why it's so important to pray for our leaders. This is why it's so important that spirit, in a spiritual sense, we need to lift up the hands of Pastor Brendan, right? Our, 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 our shepherd of, of, of our church, because he does a level of battle that none of us, none of us, Unless you've been a lead pastor of a church this size, none of us understand the mantle of responsibility that's on his shoulders. He does battle in a way 
and to an extent that we will never understand. Our elders are the closest ones to who will understand the things that he goes through. Even myself, as one of the pastors of the church, and me and Pastor Brennan, we have a lot of conversations, right? I'm letting on a lot of things, right? I know a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. I have no idea the mantle of responsibility and pressure that's on him sometimes. So it's up to us, brothers and sisters, to come alongside him in a spiritual sense and lift his hands in prayer. Because I promise you, he is battling for us. There are days when he's in warfare on his knees for us, for the people of this church, right? Moses, arguably one of the greatest men in the history of mankind, still needed support, still needed help from people around him. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Verse 13, and because of this work of, of prayer uh, of Moses uh, in prayer, Israel was victorious over Amalek, right? They weren't victorious because Joshua had a stronger army. They were victorious because of the prayer of Moses. We are left with no other option than to say, if Moses, Aaron, and Hur did not do the work of, in prayer, Israel would have been defeated. And history would have been changed. We would have, it would have been a completely different outcome for the children of Israel, right? The nation of Israel may have never succeeded. The, 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 the nation of Israel, you know, may not be around today if thousands of years ago, Moses did not do the work of prayer. We are, we are living in the blessing of a, just a few people's prayer. We are part of a, a thriving, living, spirit-filled, gospel-taught church because of the prayers, of the prayers of people like Bob Gilmore, who's on this call, you know, who has been around, you know, since before there was a church to be around. But what, 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 was, what, what were him and Barb doing? What were they doing? They were praying. When things seemed the darkest. Now, imagine this. Ooh, I'm about to get fired up. Imagine this. If all those years ago, Instead of Bob and whatever elders were, were still around and Barb, if, if, if instead of praying, they gave up, instead of praying, they lifted up their hands, instead of praise, praying, they closed the doors. How many of us would not be Christ followers today? And again, listen, it's not about the name of a church. It's not about the work of, of, of man that, that allowed us to, to get salvation, but it was the intercession of those who came before us to lay down the ground, the, the foundation and the groundwork of this ministry and through different venues and events and, and Sunday services and, and whatever it was, you know, many of us found a home and many of us had our first encounter with Jesus Christ. It's prayer is so important. Prayer is so, so important. And it says in verse 15, my time is already up. Let me try to get through a few more verses. And Moses built an altar and called his name, the Lord is my banner. And though Moses knew that his prayer was important, he wasn't foolish enough to think that he won the battle. As an act of worship, he built an altar and praised the name of Yahweh Nisi. Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner. 
Nisi describes a flag or banner. The idea is that God is victorious in battle. And the flag of his victory is lifted high. The same word was used for the serpent in, in Numbers 21.8 when the children of Israel had messed up and and the, and um, God told Moses to 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 form a, a serpent um, out of uh, you know out of bronze and to hold it up, lift it up, you know, as a banner. And when the people looked at it, they were healed. Okay, it's the same word. Um, Psalm 60 verse 4 says, you have given a banner to those who fear you that it may be displayed because of the truth. Isaiah 11.10 says, and in that day there should be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to his people. Talking about Jesus Christ. For the Gentiles shall seek him and his resting place shall be glorious. Here in Exodus 17, we, we see examples of God's uh, power and man's effort. Working together, God wants to partner with us. He wants to work with us. God doesn't need us. Think like like when I think about it, 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 it just it just makes it amazes me that God does not need us, but He wants to use us. Listen, if you saw if you, if you were in attendance on Sunday, or if you saw the the sermon um, online from this past Sunday, Fusion Church, we have a huge endeavor ahead of us. Right? You know, we have to raise a lot of money. So that we can, you know, partner with God in the completion of His building for the, with the vision of so many more people being reached, right? But what's crazy is that God does not need us. God does not need. Let me say it again. God, I don't care how 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 saintly you are. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you walk on water. God does not need you, but God wants you. God, God wants to partner with you. And God wants you to have front row seats for the miracles that he is getting prepared to do. The miracles he's going to be prepared to do. And as a result of the miracles, the people who are going to encounter him, the, the, the people that are going to encounter his son, Jesus Christ, the people who are going to encounter the Holy Spirit in our lives. So that should be our banner, Yahweh Nisi. The Lord is my banner. We're going to lift him high. You know, I'm on I'm on board with, with Pastor Brenda sometimes. Sometimes I want to rip the name Fusion Church down and, and put God's church, God's house, the Lord, you know, because that is what we need. To be, I'm, I'm fired up. That is what we need to be focused on. That is what we need to be focused on is God and what he is doing in our lives. Not about our own prayers, you know, not about how many Sundays we serve in a row, not about where we serve, you know, not about, you know, oh, I get to teach a connect group. Oh, I get to do. No, it's not about that. It is about the Lord. It is about Jesus Christ, that we lift his name up, that we elevate his name to the ends of the earth. Amen. I got so much more I could cover, but we ain't got no time. But listen, my brothers and sisters, as we've ended this fast, we're, we're beginning this spiritual growth journey. Spend this month really digging in. Increase your prayer life. More time in prayer. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord to reveal things to you. Ask the Lord to 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 show you what He wants you to do. Ask the Lord, how how can I participate in this spiritual uh, growth journey that the church is going on? What is it you want me to sacrifice? And I'm telling you, when we're obedient 
when we listen to what he says, God will move. God will move. I'm going to say it again. God will move. I know in my own life, the last the last time we did something like this, it was called God is Able. And a handful of us will remember that, you know, and that was to get us into the EHT building. And we were still a small, we were a small church in Summers Point, a small church in Mays Landing, you know, in that theater, setting up and tearing down week in and week out, right? We're literally having services, having, Doug, remember this? Having services and right outside the doors of the, of the theater where we're worshiping the Lord, there's a line of people going in the hall waiting for the Avengers. Once, once we were done tearing down, it was a wild time, but we had a vision of what God wanted to do. And I could tell you in my own life, when all I just prayed and I felt the Lord give me, I want you to sacrifice this. I want you to give this, right? And I was faithful and didn't, didn't, make, didn't mean it was easy. Okay. It wasn't easy. You know, I had to sacrifice a lot. But again, when I look around me right now, When I look around me right now and I see where I should not be, if I had obeyed my own, my own wants and desires, I would not be here, but I was obedient. And I see the things I do not deserve, right? I see the things I do not deserve and it was because of my sacrifice. And I don't want you guys to, to look up to me or just, no, I'm just giving you an example, right? One of many and I'm looking at this, at these, these names of, of my brothers and sisters on here right now. And I know some of your stories and I know the sacrifice that you made and I see how God is blessing you. So come on, let's partner with the Lord. Let's part. God, how can you use me? God, show me what it is you want me to do. Lord, open up my eyes. How can I further serve you? And I'm telling you when we're obedient, God will do the rest. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. I'm done. Let me pray. Father, I love, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your word. Father, we see examples like Moses, where Israel was facing a daunting task of taking on the Amalekites. The task of that, that Israel was not an army. They had been slaves for hundreds of years. And yet, Lord, you made a way. You gave them victory, Lord. You partnered with Moses, Aaron, and her as they prayed. And you brought them the victories, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that there will be times in our life where we're going to partner with you, Lord Jesus, and you will bring us the victory. You will bring us a victory, and your name will be lifted high. And we'd have no other recourse but to declare you Yahweh Nisi in our own life, Jesus. So we thank you. We thank you. We Father, Father, we pray for I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord. Just be with them, guide them reveal things to them, speak to them in a way that they will understand and know without a shadow of a doubt that it is you that is speaking to them, Lord God. Father, I am so excited. I am so excited to hear the testimonies. I'm so excited to hear the changed life stories that are going to come out of this journey that we're going through. Father, we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hi, brothers and sisters. It's an exciting time. I look forward to hearing from you all. See you next week. God bless.